Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم كلا إن الإنسان ليطغى أرواه استغنى إن إلى ربك رجعا أرأيت الذي ينهى عبدا إذا صلى أرأيت إن كان على الهدى أو أمر بالتقوى أرأيت إن كذب وتولى ألم يعلم بأن الله يرى كلا لئن لم ينته لنسفعا بالناصية ناصية كاذبة خاطئة فليدع ناديه سندع الزبانية كلا لا تطعه واسجد وقترب سورة اقرأ من ريد or العلق the clot of blood that's the these are the two different names of the surah so today we will uh, take our time inshallah and get back to the sequence and uh, cover this first surah and then we will resume after surah the next surah after al-qalam and uh, just a brief quick introduction and a quick scan of what the surah talks about the first few ayah talk about a statement from Allah Azza wa Jal and a request from Allah Azza wa Jal to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to do some reading and we know that this surah was uh, this is the time when Muhammad peace be upon him was in the cave uh, in Mecca called cave uh, Thawr uh, and w- that's where Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to go and spend a month every year. It's like his uh, contemplation, a month of thinking, contemplation, getting away from the society and the envirot- environment of Mecca. And the environment of Mecca, we know it was very polluted one, polluted with the idol worshipping, polluted with uh, worshipping people one another, slavery, 
uh, all types of mischief, all types of behaviors that you, you, don't, you can't even imagine. So it was really unnecessary for a man of decent mind to get out of, the, of that society and take few days for himself. So the idea that Muhammad peace be upon him used to go out with his wife Khadija uh, to that cave in the mountain of Mecca which is about a few uh, two or three miles away of Mecca not really very, very close in, in at least in, uh, in the distance and the time frame of, of, of that era so and there was the time when uh, when he was laying down in the place where he would sleep his regular sleep and came the angel to him and we all know the story the story when he was uh, wakened when he was in his sleep and by an entity that he has never seen before he has never seen Jibreel he has never seen an angel he has never seen or witnessed anything like this according to Muhammad وسلم, it was the time then he was not sure whether he was still sleeping or awake until he embraced him so hard and he realized that it's reality it's not a joke and uh, when Jibreel was embracing him so strong until Muhammad وسلم, says I would think that I am dying that he's this person or this entity is killing me and telling Muhammad read so that's how all of this began and that's Allah Azza wa Jal is has begun this surah with the word Iqra, read. So then he says, not knowing what to do, not knowing what to read, and afraid that this entity would kill me, he would ask him, what do you want me to read? In one notation he says, ma akra, what do you want me to read? Or in another uh, occasion he would say, ma ana biqare, I can't read, what do you want me to read? This is not something which I can do. And then he will let him go. He will release him. Then again embrace him so strong until he feels the heat so strong. Then again repeats the same thing. Read. What can I read? I don't read. Until the third time came in and he told him, Iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq and came these ayats. Read in the name of the of Rabb, your Rabb, the one who created, alladhi khalaq, khalaq al-insana min alaq. He created man from the clot of blood. اقرأ وربك الأكرم read and your رب is the uh, most honorable الذي علم بالقلم the one who has taught writing uh, with the pen علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم and he has taught the human whatever human has not known before that's very quick brief what he told him and then we know the rest of the story that Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم went out of his cave and stood up in the middle, middle of the mountain and he kept standing for probably the, the rest of the day wherever he looks in the skies he would see Jibreel wherever all over the, the horizon wherever he looks he would see this big entity and then at some point Jibreel talked to him he said Ya Muhammad, O Muhammad Innaka Rasulullah, you are the messenger of Allah and Jibreel and I am Jibreel I have come uh, to uh, designate you as a messenger from Allah Azza wa and Muhammad kept standing until the people the servants of Khadija came looking for him because he was taken by the experience and we know of course the rest when he went back and he called Khadija he asked her to cover him with the blankets and so on 
So that's the, the initial, the beginning of the surah, which we will talk about in more details today. Then the next part of the surah seems to be, from the way it, the, the, the uh, context is, that the rest of the surah was revealed at a later stage. Because the rest of the surah talks about Abu Jahl. Talks about how Abu Jahl was standing in the path of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He was trying to stop Muhammad from conveying the message. And how Allah Azza wa Jal is threatening Abu Jahl and making all the serious, severe threats as we have seen in the other surahs, Muzammil and Muddathir. So what seems to be that after the first incident that Muhammad والسلام, took the surah and he got from Allah Azza wa Jal whatever Allah has given him and then later on he told him to pray and to read the Quran and some Quran was revealed, then Abu Jahl was taking the stand against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he was as the Quran says the human may really become a tyrant become a tyrant, become so oppressive man or human can become so oppressive simply because he finds himself uh, so wealthy and ra'ahu staghna because he finds himself uh, wealthy inna ila rabbika indeed everyone will be back to Allah Azza wa Jal whether you are wealthy or not, powerful or not whether you have support or not back all will be back to Allah Azza wa Jal and then he says have you seen the one who tells someone to stop or to prevent someone from doing something he is ordering a servant of Allah Azza wa Jal whenever he prays he tells him wait don't pray do you see that if this abd or the servant is really guided, he has guidance from Allah Azza wa Jal, or if he is ordering the people to fear Allah, and then أَرَأَيْتَ إِنْ كَذَّبَ وَتَوَلَّى Do you really realize if this man Abu Jahl كَذَّبَ denies وَتَوَلَّى and he runs away from Islam, أَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَرَى Doesn't he know that Allah Azza wa Jal sees him, sees whatever he does? كَلَّا Then Allah says, no, actually he doesn't. لَإِنْ لَمْ يَنْتَهِ he doesn't stop it. We will pull him right from the forehead and throw him wherever Allah Azza wa Jal would throw him, obviously in the hellfire. We'll take him from the forehead. And this forehead is a liar, it's a sinner. Which means this man Abu Jahl is a liar, he's a sinner. Let him call whomever he wants. And then we will call our the angels who will take care of him. And then Allah says, do not obey him, do not obey this man, wasjud and bow down to Allah Azza wa Jal, waqtarib and come closer to Allah Azza wa Jal. These are the general uh, environment of the surah. The first part of it is the environment where Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is just being given the message and the last part of it is Muhammad sallam has conveyed part of what he has taken and then there is a tyrant, an oppressive ruler who is standing and stopping in the face of the da'wah in the face of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Allah is giving his warning and giving his threat and dealing with this issue and treating it that's the general uh, uh, the, the general conditions and the general environment in which the surah was revealed and here we are talking back to the uh, beginning of the surah we are talking at day one of Islam day one of this deen and we know that 23 years later Allah Azza wa Jal told Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and told the people today I have completed 
completed their religion. Quite often we talk about the era and the part when Islam was perfected and completed and all the revelation was done. But here today we take ourselves back in time to that day, to the very first day when Muhammad received this revelation. It's a day just before that or the same at the same time it's the time when the people of Mecca really have gone so astray the people of Mecca have really gone so wild in so-called worshipping entities besides Allah in worshipping the stones worshipping men following their own desires it's so chaotic society it's a society so chaotic that is not even bounded by any law, by any fixed regulation to the instant that someone would receive or would have a daughter born to him he wouldn't know whether he would bury her or would keep her it's up to his own emotion how he can handle that he would take a daughter and put it under the ground or he would keep her alive it is a society that is so corrupt that people would go and buy products from merchants and they know that you pay for a kilogram and you get half kilogram and you take the half kilogram and go home you don't even complain about it and the same guy the same the one who sells you he has no hesitation whatsoever to buy from you and pay you the amount of one kilogram and he takes two kilograms that's the same society where riba usually has become so acceptable that even if you do not pay a riba to someone you will take your son and give him as a slave they will enslave your son or your child or your daughter simply because you are not able to pay the riba that is the time frame when Muhammad was in that cave and when Jibreel came to him and Allah has decided at the time to choose Muhammad peace be upon him and select him to become the messenger for those people in Mecca and for the humanity at large. So within, these, within this environment, the conditions of chaos, the conditions of mischief, the condition of corruption, the conditions of pollution, the conditions of worshipping one another, the con- conditions of desires controlling human. Within these conditions, Allah Azza wa picks up Muhammad, peace be upon him, from among that society from among the same society that Ibrahim alayhi salam once he prayed to Allah azza wa jal and he made a dua to Allah Rabbana wab'ath fihim rasoolan minhum yatlu alayhim ayatik O Allah send a messenger from among themselves to read your ayat for them to read your, the ayah of your, your ayat to these people وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ to purify them وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ and to teach them the book and to teach them wisdom and Muhammad والسلام, at one point he said I am the response of the dua of Ibrahim when Ibrahim my father Ibrahim made the dua Allah replied to, Muhammad, to Ibrahim replied to the prayer of Ibrahim thousands or many years later by designating Muhammad so Muhammad was chosen Allah chose Muhammad I did not choose him you did not choose him the Arabs did not choose him the people of Mecca did not choose him and Allah says in one ayah it is Allah who has designated this messenger not you, not him, not nobody and did the people have a choice in that? 
the people did not have a choice. Now, if the people had a, had the choice, they would have selected someone else. They would not have selected the honest, the orphan. They would have selected a big guy. And we know the Quran talks about how the people think about Muhammad being selected, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as a prophet. They say, "لولا أنزل على رجل من القريتين عظيم." Had this Quran been given to a great man, one of the great, one, one to a great man among the two from from the two villages, Mecca and Taif. So the people had different agenda. Sometimes you have a mission, and you are going through a certain mission. Then the people they would say, well, if it was only not Nushad who is carrying that, if it was let's say Nader who is doing it, then probably we would have listened. But wait a second. The issue here is not who is carrying it. The issue is who designated him. Allah Azza wa Jalla designated Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So this is this day number one. Allah Azza wa Jalla has chosen Muhammad peace be upon him. He has chosen him to carry this message of Allah. It is very great day for all the humanity. It's very great day for all the world. It's a day that the everything that Allah Azza wa Jalla has created. Would rejoice that, because here is a message that Allah is delivering now to the world, so that the people and the rest of the world will live under mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal. How does it all begin? Allah Azza wa Jal begins this revelation with these very short words: "Iqra bismi Rabbi kalladi khalaq." Read in the name of the Rabb. Of your Rabb, the one who created. If you remember, those of you who were here when we talked about Al-Muzammil and Al-Muddathir, and we showed that there is a special emphasis on this issue of Rabb, and the word Rabb, which means Lord in in the translation, but in reality, translation to the word Lord does not give the meaning. The Rabb is the one who owns you, literally, the one who owns the authority over you. That's a Rabb. The Rabb is the one to whom you adhere with your own, with all the obedience. To the one, the one who, to whom you cannot say no. That's a Rabb. When you use a Rabb, you say, "This is my Rabb." That means this is the master, the one to whom you cannot say no. The one who gives you legislation, regulations, laws, and you will obey. The one who tells you die and you will die. The one who tells you live, you will live. The one who gives you your money, your wealth. The one on whom you depend for your food, you depend for your drink. The one to whom you owe your own life. This is the meaning of Rab. The Rab is not only a word of translation. You simply you cannot translate. Read in the name of your Lord. That doesn't make sense. When we translate that, it doesn't really give that that semantics. What makes the semantics here, and the meaning, what makes it clear in my mind and your mind, is exactly the situation in Mecca, where we talked once here before that there was a man in Mecca. His name was Amr ibn Luhay, and this man he used to slaughter at least or around ten thousand animals, sheep or camels, during the so-called pilgrimage of the Arabs. To Mecca, he would slaughter all those animals and feed all the people. This man Amr bin Luhay, bin Luhay, and he would 
older people to make bread for all the people who come to visit the Kaaba. And because of that, the people have chosen him as a Rabb. They say, and وَاتَّخَذَتْهُ مَكَّةُ رَبًّا لَهَا In the seerah it says, then Mecca, the people of Mecca has selected him as a Rabb to them. Because this man, he feeds and he gives them the drink and the food. And once he acquired that status, he brought to them an idol. He went to Sham and he found the people worshipping certain idol. He brought an idol from Sham and he told them, this is what you should bow down to. This is a God for you. And they obeyed this man, they obeyed this man to worship this idol. So the Rabb, that means, is the one who tells you worship this, you will worship it. Pray to that guy, you will you pray. Uh, uh, feed this person, don't feed that person. Pay this money, don't pay this money, and you follow. That's Arab. So this, this issue of Arab was the main cause that brought the people of Mecca to that jahiliyyah, to that ignorance. So Allah Azza wa Jal, he is beginning this surah to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is introducing him to who has the quality of being Rabb. Who deserves to be called Rabb? Who should be called Rabb? Who should be taken as Rabb? So Allah Azza wa is telling Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I want you to read in the name of the Rabb, of your Rabb, the one who has created. The creator. Not the created, not Amr ibn Luhay, not Hubal, not Allat, not Al-Uzza, not Mubarak, not Fahid, not this, not that. Not Clinton, not the White House, not 10 Downing Street. None of these qualify to be Arab because none of them create. And anyone who does not create, he will vanish. He will be out, he will be over, he will be out of this life at any time. And we know the story of Ibrahim when he quarreled or argued with his people. Who qualifies to be Arab? The moon, the star, the planet or the sun? Which of these can be Arab, can be Ilah? Then at the end he said, I will direct my face to the one who created the heavens and the earth. The creator, the one who deserves to be the world. Because the creator, he gives you your life and he can take it away. That's what creation means. Creation means the creator, he can give you life or he can take it away. He gives you the world, he creates the world from which you feed and you eat. Your food, your drink comes from this earth. Who created that? Allah Azza wa Jal. So he is the one who deserves to be a Rabb. So this concept is so important, it's so significant, it's so crucial. Without this being straightened out, without being, it being settled once and for all, right from the very beginning, you will never have a very straight course in life. Because today you would listen to me, tomorrow you would listen to someone else. If you don't get this in your mind straight right from the very beginning that Allah the Creator is the Rabb, then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam probably in his course of da'wah one day he would follow these ideas that he is receiving from somewhere from Jibreel or from Allah azza wa jal but if Allah is not his Rabb, then he can change especially if the people start threatening him and they want to kill him and they say well, they will take his life or they will take his food, then he may deviate. Anyone may deviate if you don't have this straight in, straight in your head. If you don't know exactly that your Rabb is the one that has created, that means he is the only one whom you can listen to 
then everything can be messed up at any point of time. So no wonder that the Quran, all of it begins with this notation of introducing the people to who qualifies to be the Rabb. The one who creates or the one who doesn't create. Al-Khaliq or Al-Makhluq, the creator or the created. And that's the beginning of this whole surah. Iqra, Ya Muhammad, read in the name, Bismi Rabbik, Alladhi Khalaq. Which means everything now you read. Now, what is it that I'm going to read? The question. What? Read what? Now, everything. From now on, the Quran in the name of Allah. Everything I start with, it has to be under the umbrella. Now, when you say Bismillah in the name of Allah, that's not. That's not only, that's not a word or a statement that you utter. It's not only a phrase that has no semantics. What does it mean that I am eating in the name of Allah? What is this word? Bismi Rabbik. In the name of Allah I eat. In the name of Allah I read. In the name of Allah I fight. In the name of Allah I do this. In the name of Allah I sleep with my wife. In the name of Allah uh, I make peace. In the name of Allah I drink. What is this? In the name of Allah, is this only just a title? Or it means with the permission of Allah, submitting to the rules of Allah, accepting whatever Allah says. Many often or quite often the people they make jokes about some people who drink khamr, especially in, in the so-called, I remember in, in the uh, pre-Soviet countries, when they used to drink vodka, they would say bismillah. And people would, would make fun of that, oh, bismillah and they are drinking haram. Now those people didn't know what Bismillah even means. They thought it's just it's a jargon that they have to use it every time they drink anything. They, they didn't know what association it has with Islam. But in reality, if you see someone is committing haram and he says Bismillah, you say, wait a second. How could you start something haram Bismillah? Bismillah means it has to be halal. It has to be under the obligation of Allah Azza wa Jal. So what the essence of Bismi Rabbika Alladhi Khalaq in the name of the Rabb that who created means that everything you read and reading here as a source of information and a source of knowledge for you everything that you acquire to your brain everything that you accept to be part of your concept to be part of your mentality to be part of the information that you, that you stack in your brain so that you would use it later on it has to be in the name of Allah Azza wa Jal which means it has to be permitted by Allah has to be allowed by Allah Azza wa Jal and Allah has to have the final say. Now, sometimes you say, well, we do things without reading. Not everything requires reading. In reality, reading does not necessarily mean read from the text because Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam does not read from the text. Iqra, read, does not mean read the characters because Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam could not read the characters and did not read the characters and there is abundant evidence that he has never been able to read whatever was written from the Quran. Even when his Sahaba, they used to write the Quran, Muhammad would not read it. So reading does not necessarily mean you read from the textbook. So to read means to acquire information, to utter, to state, to, uh, to say, what to recite, and all of these are means of acquiring and bringing that information back to your brain and from this time on of course you bring things into your brain not only to stack it 
not only to, to store it, you are not a storage of information that's not what you are about, you store the information in order to use it, in order to apply it in your life, in order to know what, what's haram, what's halal, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. So here Allah is telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I want you to acquire through the reading, through the reciting, through uh, 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 repeating some words, bring to your, informa- to your brain, to your brain, whatever information here, from Allah Azza wa Jal and under the name or in the name of Allah Azza wa Jal, meaning it has to be approved by Allah. It has to be approved by Allah Azza wa Jal, it has to be accepted by Allah Azza wa Jal, it has to be also based on whatever Allah Azza wa Jal has revealed. Because we know that in the name of Allah, not everything that we do in the name of Allah has to be written in the Quran. When you read in the name of Allah Azza wa Jal, or you act in the name of Allah Azza wa Jal, or you write in the name of, in the name, under the name of Allah Azza wa Jal, it does not mean that you are writing the Quran. Sometimes we write a letter to your friend, and you say in Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim in the name of Allah Azza wa Jal. You act, as I mentioned, you drink Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim in the name of Allah Azza wa Jal ar-Rahman rahim So whatever you do, whatever is being done, whether it's reading or writing or acting, it has to be under the name, under the auspices, under the umbrella, under the permission of Allah Azza wa Jal. That is the main theme of this ayah. Right from the very beginning, Allah Azza wa Jal is introducing Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to the total authority. And the authority, this is Allah Azza wa Jal. And the reason that Allah is being the authority is because He is the Creator. Now the next ayah says, خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانِ مِنْ عَلَقَ He created the human. Now, we know that Allah Azza wa Jal not only created the humans, He created the animals, He created the, the uh, skies, He created the heavens, and He talks about that in all of the surahs. There are many, many places where He talks about the creation of Allah Azza wa Jal. But in this surah, right from the very beginning, Allah is emphasizing the creation of the human. He's talking about the insan. He's not talking about the other stuff which He has created. Because the issue here is the Rabb for the human. Allah is being a Rabb for the human. The Rabb of the animals. The animals have never rejected Allah Azza wa Jal as their Rabb. Animals have never done so. Animals created and they follow the same orders Allah Azza wa Jal wants them to. They eat whatever Allah Azza wa Jal prescribed to them and they leave whatever Allah Azza wa Jal did not want them to eat. The mountains. Allah created the mountains. The mountains adhere to Allah Azza wa Jal. We don't see the mountains, they simply move the place. A mountain today in, in Colorado says, oh, I don't like to be in Colorado. I want to be stationed in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia doesn't have mountains, so I'm moving. It doesn't, we never seen that. The stars, Allah Azza wa Jal created these heavens with lots of stars, the moons, the planets, and they, are, they have certain positions. We don't see that one day a certain star comes and says, no, 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 no. The solar system is taking advantage and it has all the life within it. So I want to create a new life within the solar system. I'm going to change my order and the way I'm, I'm doing, I, the way I'm, I'm, uh, 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 I'm positioned, or the way I'm structured. We've never seen that. People have never seen that. Stars stay wherever Allah Azza wa Jal has put them, has stationed them. The sun comes up from one horizon, moves into the other horizon and rotates, or the earth rotates around it, no matter how you want to look at it. Allah Azza wa Jal did that and it keeps doing it over and over again, never changes. So there is no issue 
of Allah being the Rabb, the Rabb of these elements. That's not an issue at all. These elements adhere to Allah Azza wa Jal. They have adhered to Allah from the time He created them until today. The only one who does not adhere to this issue of Allah being Rabb wholeheartedly is the human. So the human has that issue of who is his Rabb. So Allah Azza wa Jal here is emphasizing bringing this issue of the Rabb being the one who created the human because the one who is under, under uh, the one who is addressed by this ayah is the human. Allah Azza wa Jal is talking about the human here so he wants to emphasize that even you the human who has taken Amr bin Luhay as a God, as a Rabb who has worshipped the idols from besides Allah Azza wa Jal who has taken your desires as gods who follow regulations and laws and rules that are made by humans it is the human, this human who has to be straightened out and here Allah Azza wa Jal therefore is saying اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق read in the name of the Rabb who created the one who created الذي خلق then he says خلق الإنسان created the human from a blood علق means it's a piece of blood that is frozen it's a frozen blood clot and the clot means it's frozen yeah it's not right so this is what Allah is saying in fact there is an interesting notation here علق is a plural and the singular of the plural is علقه which is a single one piece, one piece. And Adam, we know that Allah did not create Adam from alaq. Allah created Adam from uh, the soil, from the clay. That's what Allah created the first one. But the rest of the people, everyone else besides Adam السلام, he was created from this clot of blood. And that's the notion here, especially for those who who are very much into the language, into the, from the linguistic perspective, at least and the accuracy of the Quran, says alaq, that's a plural of, of, not of a single one. But someone would come and say, how would it be that Allah created humans from multiple? Well, actually, because there are multiple men, multiple humans. There are millions and millions and millions of people. It's not only one, it's not two, it's not three. These are many people who have been created from many of these clots, from clots of blood, because the, each one is created from a single clot and the many humans are created from many clots. So that's what the, the ayah captures this very elegantly uh, and the accuracy is, uh, is maintained despite the fact that this is a surah and an ayah about a concept, about a serious concept, the accuracy of the Quran is maintained right from the very beginning, from the very start. And this is an issue to bring Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and later on the people to the fact that look the one who is talking he knows what he is talking about so bringing a piece of information how this creation is done and uh, the mechanics of the creation of the human how the human is being formed at, at the time when he is in the womb of the mother that is something for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam coming from Mecca going to the uh, to the mountains to worship or to contemplate and to think come back to the people with an idea a thought that here is a Lord, here is a God here is someone creator who creates the people all the people from these pieces of uh, blood clots that is not something that someone can dare to speak about if he does not have that thorough knowledge about it 
and puts it in this decisive term. I doesn't have doubt about that. Does not even hesitate. Says Allah, the one who created the human from this alaq. And today, thousands or thousands of years later, or hundreds of years later, the people tend to find out, look, what Muhammad sallallahu was talking about, what the Quran talked to him about, is true. That's exactly how the, formula- the formation of a human turns out to be. In fact, uh, in the word alaq, uh, uh, the, the uh, Arabs, they use the word alaqa for a piece of uh, worm which looks very much like, uh, like a blood clot. Uh, which keeps hanging usually if you go in, in the water and you come up and then it comes it sticks to your body and it, it hangs there so that's they used to call it alaqa because it's a worm huh? leech yeah it's a leech that that hangs on on, on the body uh, gave this uh, uh, this word alaqa which is a, a clot of a blood clot that that could stick that does not flow so it sticks to your and on the womb, of course, it's implanted. And later on, this Allah is using the same term that it really hangs and sticks just like that uh, leech uh, sticks or that blood clot sticks to your body. That's again another piece of information that shows that the one who is talking really knows what he's talking about. That is not something coming from the blue or from nowhere. This is a piece of information. The one who is talking must be serious about that and must know what he is talking about. And Muhammad sallallahu would bring this and claim to the people that it's from Allah azza wa jal, it better be true. And the people better understand and find out that this is exactly what happened. That this is not something uh, uh, wrong or that's not, uh, not, not, not the case how it happens. In reality, this is how it, uh, uh, that's how the, the humans are formulated and that's the first phase of the uh, uh, of the formation of a human in the womb of the uh, of the mother but anyway muhammad sallallahu did not even argue with the people about that the people did not that was not the argument whether the human was created from this or not the argument came out to be is this allah the creator should be the rub for the people or not that was the argument we found out that the people in mecca they did not really care much to prove or to show, what, uh, to find an evidence whether indeed this is how the humans are created. Sometimes we get in argument with the people and we start talking. You see, this is what Allah is saying and that's how it happens in reality. And then there are lots of uh, arguments back and forth. We try to bring evidence, which is fine. But when you bring the message, you put it in perspective. And when the people find out, why is it that you want to prove this? For what purpose? Why is it you want to show that Allah indeed is a creator? Not only to prove that he's a creator, but you want to bring one more issue, that this creator has to be worshipped. Ah, worship means what? Means that he will designate the regulations and the rules, and he's the one who will be obeyed. Once you find that this is the case, then the people will start having some different opinion on, with you, argument, against, just like Abu Jahl, he stopped in the path of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, not because Muhammad is saying Allah created the human from, uh, from blood clot, not because of that, but because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is saying Allah is the Rabb. The one who created is the Rabb. 
not Abu Jahal, not Abu Lahab, not you, not you, not you, Allah is the Rabb. This is the Rabb, that's what they had argument with and that's what really ha they had a problem with. And today in reality, what type of problem do we have with societies? We don't have problem with the societies, with the people, with the government, with all over the world, with the fact that, oh, there is a creator. Allah Azza wa Jal is there. People don't mind. Okay, he's there, fine. Oh, you want to pray for Allah Azza wa Jal? We give you a masjid. And we all recall the story when the British army went into Baghdad at the beginning of the century, and the time of Dhuhr came in, and the, the Mu'addin came up to the top of the masjid and started making adhan. So the general, he got scared, and he asked one of his consultants, he said, what is, what's going on? What this man is calling for? Is he really calling people to, to, to fight us? He said, no, 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 don't worry. He's calling the people for the people to pray. And he said, does this have to do anything with our presence here? He said, no, this is a regular prayer. They do it five times a day. He, then he insisted that means this guy is not calling the people to fight us. He said, certainly not. Then he said, give him speakers so that his, he doesn't lose his voice. Give him microphone, big, big speakers, so that everybody would listen to him. In other words, the issue that we have all that large with the tyrants, as Allah says in the next in the few ayahs, with Abu Jahl being a tyrant, the issue is who should have the title of Arab in a certain society. If you claim that this Khalif, this Rabb, this creator must have the title of Arab, then we have problem with you. Then the issue is no. As in fact the ayah says no. Allah is using this word kalla three times no in this in the surah. The issue is no. We can't accept that. We can't allow you to do that. We can't let it go because that's very dangerous. That is the first two ayahs then the next one again Allah Azza wa Jal emphasizing this one more time. Iqra' wa rabbukal akram. says read and your Rabb is the Akram. The Akram means the most honorable, the most generous, the best of the best. He is the one and the only, Al-Akram. Sometimes you say the word in Arabic, Kareem. Kareem means generous, nice, good. Akram, Akram means he is better, he is more generous. Al-Akram, that is even, there is Kareem, generous. Akram means he is more generous. Al-Akram, he is the most that means your Rabb is the most generous he is the most honorable he is the most dignified he is the most giver that's again one more introduction to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and characterization of who this Rabb is so don't shy away your Rabb is not weak your Rabb is not mean your Rabb is not miser your Rabb is not cheap. Your Rabb is not humiliated. Your Rabb is not among of the, one of these stones. Your Rabb is the best. Giving Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this momentum. I'm charging you. You will take a charge. Sometimes I'll tell you, take this message and go to this person and tell him that what you are doing is wrong. Then once I give you, then I'll say, wait a second, wait, wait. Don't go. You know what I'm giving you here? This is the best. And I am the one who is sending you. I am the strongest. Don't worry. I am the one who, if I want to give, nobody can stop my giving. If I will stop something, nobody can give whatever I stop. 
I'm the strongest. Don't first I give you the message, I charge you. Then before you head out, say, wait a second. Your Rabb is the best. Your Rabb is the most honorable. Your Rabb is the most generous. So don't shy out. Don't shy away. What you have, what you have just been given is not something light. Is not something from someone who cannot be valued at the, at the top. You have been charged by the best of the best, by Allah Azza wa Jal. Iqra wa rabbuka al-akram. Don't worry. Don't fear. Don't fear anything. Don't shy away. Don't back off. Your Rabb is the akram. Just like when you tell someone anything, don't shy away. I'm with you. I'm backing you. And you know who am I? You know the resources? I have links. I can pull out this link, this string. I know many people. Don't worry. Just go ahead and do it. I am behind you. I am making all the phone calls. I am doing all of this. Don't worry. When I give you all the support, when I give you all of these uh, statements, then now you know that you are really not weak and you are not alone and you are supported by the one who is Al-Akram. And that's Allah Azza wa Jal is making sure in these very ayahs, preparing Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to the ultimate mission, to a mission that will go all the way for 23 years. A mission that will be opposed by the elites. A mission that will be jeopardized by many things. A mission that has fatal uh, incidents against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and against the Sahaba. A mission that will be rejected and denied by the most powerful ones in the society like Abu Jahl, like Al-Walid. It's a mission like today when you, when you want to talk about re-establishing Islam in the world. And you know that you will be opposed by NATO, you will be opposed by Security Council. And they will have some embargo uh, against your state if you create it if you create it they will have all types of oppositions and they will have power and they will have millions of soldiers they could come and crush you that's it it's really it's it's something you can't even you can't even barely think about but then if you know that your mission is supported by Allah Azza wa Jal, if you start in the name of Allah Azza wa Jal, in the name of your Rabb the creator the Akram then that's a different story then you can be charged, then you can move. Especially knowing that it's not going to be easy. And remember later on in the second surah where Allah Azza wa Jal tells Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna sanulqi alayka thaqawlan thaqila. We will descend upon you, we will give you a heavy order. It's not light. It's going to be heavy. And the way Allah Azza wa Jal prepared him, inna sanulqi alayka thaqawlan thaqila. And at the end he said, wadhkur itma rabbik wa tabattal ilayhi tabtila. Remember and recall the name of your Rabb and worship him very thoroughly. Rabbul Samawati wal Ard, Rabbul Mashriq wal Maghrib, la ilaha illa huwa fattakhidhu wakila. He is the Rabb of the East and the, and the West horizons. There is no Allah, no God but him. Fattakhidhu wakila and therefore take support from him. All of this goes in line. All of this is the same story, same thing. Allah Azza wa Jal is charging Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and giving him what it takes to move what it takes to move you need this type of iman you need this type of aqidah you need this type of understanding you need this type of reliance you know that you are being charged by a rabbul akram otherwise you wouldn't go otherwise you will be you will stop at the first obstacle and that's what happens most of the time when we see people they move and then they shy away then they go back they get tortured then they leave they get beaten then they leave or they get sometimes they offer, they will be offered some bribe. They leave. 
because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was offered in fact by the people of Mecca they offered him let's make you the richest among us if you want oh he has to remember that Allah is Akram the Akram he's more generous how much you can give me million Allah can give me more can give بسم ربك الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان I will stop right here in fact I just one second yeah I will uh, stop in this uh, under the conditions, under the permission, with the permission, with the agreement, with the satisfaction, with the pleasure of Allah. That's what in the name of. When I'm initiating an act in the name of someone, even even in our daily life, sometimes when you have a minister or a, a vice minister or vice president, he wants to initiate a letter and he signs it in the name of his boss. You know, sometimes I could put my initials. But if I am allowed, allowed to put the initials of my boss, or the manager, or the president, or the king, and I send you a letter in the name of that, that means my letter has utmost authority. Because I am using all the authority and the privilege that this big boss is giving me. So when, we, when Allah initiates this whole thing to Muhammad wasallam, this message, in the name of your Rabb, this reading, this, uh, as uh, the brother was saying, this studying, this analysis, this activity, this initiation in the name, under the name, means with the permission, with the order of Allah, everything has to be approved by Allah. What a beginning of a message. What a beginning, what a start, what an initiation, initialization of this whole message. This whole message is initiated with this very broad concept of everything has to be done under the umbrella, under the order of Allah Azza wa Jal. That's what we mean when we say Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim When I say Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim that means whatever I am doing, I better be doing it with the permission, with the order of Allah Azza wa Jal. I can't be drinking alcohol and say Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim I can't be doing zina, Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim I can't be stealing, Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim I cannot be killing innocent people, Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim I cannot be spying, Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim I cannot stop what is good, Bismillah. I can't in the name of Allah Azza wa Jal stop someone from praying. In the name of Allah, how can I stop someone from praying? In the name of Allah, how can I destroy a masjid? In the name of Allah, how can I cause a fitna between the people? In the name of Allah, how can I disunite the people? In the name of Allah, how can we allow the shirk, the non-Islam to dominate and Islam to, Islam to be uh, the, uh, at the lower level? We can't do that. That's what in the name means. We've got to understand that really carefully because this is the most frequent statement we use every day. The most Islamic statement we use every day is Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, right? You eat, you say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim and we eat Allah. We drink Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim and we drink Allah. I mean, we do things, we read Allah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. This is the most frequently used statement in Islam or by Muslims is Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So this has got to have its meaning in our heads. Otherwise, it doesn't mean much. And then Allah further describes himself. He is Rabb, not only Khaliq, 
there is a difference between the one who creates and the one who is a Rabb. Allah is a creator. There is no one who creates besides Allah. Nobody can dispute this. Even the communists today, they are gone. Even at the time, at their highest peak, communists, they were at some point hesitant to deny the fact that there is a creator. They would say, okay, there is a nature behind this creation. But to deny the creation, nobody denies that. It is the Rabb who has the authority over mankind. People do not have a problem in understanding that the stars are run by Allah Azza wa Jal, by the Creator. The moon, the mountains, life in general. But when it comes to the human life, they will say, oh, wait a second, let's separate. Let's separate. Human life, I mean, your life affair as a human, it's up to you. The ants, the bees, the beasts, the animals, the mountains, the stars, Allah takes care of them. But we, our own life, we take care of our own life. Which means Allah is the Rabb of the world, but He's not my Rabb. That is where really, the, the, that's where the people go in error. And that's where the basic difference today, when, when people talk about democracy. What is democracy? Actually, democracy means that the Rabb of the people is not Allah. Especially when they say, let's separate church and the state, or religion and the state. Let the religion have its own life. Let religion rule in the church or in the masjid or in the synagogue. But the life of the people has to be ruled by me or you or us as a congregation. What this actually means is that Allah let him be the Rabb of everything except the life of the people. Who is the Rabb of the people then? Me, you, Congress, President, King, Constitutions. That is the issue. And therefore, Allah Azza wa Jal, when He puts this right at the very beginning, He does not want the people to make any mistake. He does not want the people to have any different idea. Your Rabb, Bismi Rabbika, He did not say in the name of the Rabb. You know, the Christians sometimes they say in the name of the Lord. The Lord of whom? The Lord of whom? Who's, he is the Lord, but the Lord of whom? The donkeys? The animals? The sea? The mountains? Or it's your Lord as well. He is your Lord. Your Rabb, that means you've got to obey him in all aspects of life. You can't have two constitutions, one by Allah and one by the Congress or the Senators or the Parliaments. can't do that. So Allah in the Quran, in this ayah, he's telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, read in the name of your Rabb, Rabbika. Not the Rabb of anything, Rabbika, alladhi khalaq. And of course in other places, we say, Alhamdulillahi, Rabbil Alameen, the Rabb of all the world. Not only one world, the world of the animals as well as the world of the people, the world of the ants as well as the world of the jinn, the world of the stars as well as the world of the, of the mountains, the world of the ants under the ground as well as the world of the beast above the ground. This is the, all the world, the world that has passed and the world that is today and the world that's to come, the world in this life and the world in the hereafter. Whatever world you can think of, Allah is the Rabb of this world. There is nothing that has an existence in this world without Allah Azza wa being its Rabb. So this is a concept that has to be clear once and for all. And as I mentioned, the major problem that we have with humanity today at large, I'm not talking little about governments here and there, people here and there, with the humanity at large, is the issue of Rububiyyah. Who has the authority to be a Rabb? Allah Azza wa in the Surah number one, 
ayah number one in the Quran, he begins with this, the identification and the definition of who is the Rabb. And then father characterizes him, this Rabb, your Rabb is not any Rabb, he's the best of the best, you don't shy away from him, I would shy, sometimes I am proud of this brother, later on he will do something that's not good, I will be shy away from him, I am proud of my son, he's nice, he's good, he makes good grades and he's very polite, a good Muslim, but sometimes he does something nasty, then I'm ashamed of him. But Allah Azza wa Jal here, he says he's Al-Akram, you can never be shy of this Rabb. You will never be embarrassed by him. He will never let you down. You will never find anyone who can beat him. That is, literally Rabb means the one who owns. Yeah, which he owns you, that means you, can, you cannot disobey him, you cannot go against him, you will not seek another one besides him. That's all an implication. And of the characterization, where Allah Father says, الذي علم بالقلم Allah orders the teaching, so he does not want you to be ignorant. And <laughs> it's amazing that the society of Mecca has been characterized as being a society of ignorance. And today when we use the word jahiliya and ignorance, it means immediately the society that existed at the time of Muhammad وسلم, and before. Ignorance. And here Allah is bringing this word. What is against ignorance is science, is knowledge. How do you remove ignorance? Some person has to start knowing. If you don't know anything, you will remain ignorant. So the first step towards removing ignorance is the learning and the teaching. So Allah is bringing this ayah again as an ayah that declares the status of Mecca of being an, a, 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 a status or a condition of ignorance and showing how to remove this. Now Allah does many things, quite many things. He, in the whole Quran talks about Allah and what he does, what he did, how he's going to do things. He created Jannah, Jahannam, he had people before, he had messengers, many, many things. He created the heavens and the earth in six days and so on. But here, right at the very beginning, with these characteristics that Allah is introducing to Muhammad وسلم, he brings one that is one of the most significant ones immediately. First, that the, the fact that Allah is a Rabb, and then that this Rabb is teaching. Allah orders the knowledge to be acquired by the pen. does not necessarily mean that he showed the people how to write with the pen. means he, teach, he teaches. And Allah literally does not come and teach the people. Allah orders the teaching. When we say Allah Allah teaches, that means he is ordering the teaching and the learning process. So Allah is making an order that this learning and this teaching and using the tool in this case which is the pen that's a tool of learning that Allah wants this to be part of this whole setup the new setup the new message the new thing that Allah is introducing to the people he wants the people to learn he is against ignorance he does not allow ignorance so anytime anytime we see people fighting knowledge 
and imposing ignorance. Whether imposing the ignorance by not allowing the people to learn or by restricting the tools so that you will not be getting this knowledge, you will not be allowed to know, he's allowed, he can be, he can know. When some people come and say, what is it that you are reading? Well, they could give you garbage and they say this information, learn. But no, 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 I want to learn something that Allah Azza wa Jal orders. Allah orders certain knowledge, I want to learn that. Like there was a time in, let's say, in, in Egypt, at the time when Ilyas was in Egypt, and the books of Sayyid Qutub were banned. Bilal al-Quran, Ma'alim al-Tariq, by this point, this is a book that talks about Islam. It is banned, it's not allowed to read it. So here there are people who ban certain knowledge, who do not allow certain knowledge because they want the people to remain ignorant about certain issues. And today in many parts of the Muslim world, sometimes reading a pamphlet or accepting a pamphlet, a flyer from someone, that is enough to take you to jail. Which means there is authority or there is an entity in the world, there are some people, there are some tyrants who want to impose ignorance, who want ignorance to domain. Now ignorance does not necessarily mean lack of information, but it means the lack of the information that allows you to understand who your Rabb is and how to worship this Rabb. That is what, what keeps the people ignorant. People who know the internet, people who know the medicine, people who know the physics, for the sake of physics, they are not ignorant, they know this. But once you start transferring this knowledge into an understanding and into a worship thing, that means, ah, the fact that, oh, I learned the physics. The physics means that things cannot be created from nothing. Things must have a beginning, must have an end. Things have limited energy. Nothing in the world has uh, uh, an unlimited energy. <laughs> Anything with limited energy must have a beginning and must have an end. So therefore, this knowledge of physics leads me to the fact that there has to be a creator behind this world and this creator must be, there, there, there must be something, uh, which, which means we have to worship him. Once I ban this knowledge, once I do not allow this knowledge of physics, of chemistry, of the world, of the of all the sciences, once I do not allow this to transfer into worshipping Allah Azza wa Jal, this, that's ignorance. And that's what in fact the society of Mecca was doing. So Allah Azza wa Jal here is bringing this issue, Allah orders teaching, Allah orders learning. He has taught the human something that he was not able to learn, something that the human was not able to acquire by himself. In the tafsir, I would like to use the, uh, the way Al-Qurtubi puts this. He says, Allah is referring here that Allah has taught human something that he could not have acquired by himself. He is talking about Adam, about the initiation of the creation. Meaning that, look, although the people today we know, we have some knowledge, but this knowledge is by, by propagation. I got my knowledge from the people who were before me. They taught me. My parents taught me when I was young, my teachers taught me. But my parents were taught by someone. But then, when someone was created, and Allah says, خَلَقَ insan, He created human. He created him in the, in the first place. Who taught that human? The first one, Adam السلام, Where did he get his knowledge? I know as a fact that if you have not taught me as a father, I would not have known something. And even the kids sometimes, will, quite often he will ask you, what is this? 
because he doesn't know. Let's say this. What is this? If he has not seen this before and he does not know it, he would ask, what is it? We will tell him, okay, this is a uh, pager or email system. Or that's a computer. That's another. Now, what if I say, I'm go- going to give you this knowledge. Just forget it. That's none of your business. Then he will go up, an old person, and he would never know what it is. He would come and find Imam Elias and say, oh, do you know what was this the thing with my parents? He says, oh, no, 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 that's not none of your business. And he doesn't teach him that. He would never know that. Now, Allah Azza wa Jal is telling us here that if you people wonder how did this knowledge come to you, then make sure, make no mistake, that I, ha- I am the one who initiated this teaching, initiated this knowledge. If I have not initiated this knowledge, today all of us will be ignorant. Everybody would be ignorant. We would be just looking at things. I would be looking at this, but I would never be able to relate what is this thing here, the name of it. I would not be even be able to give it a name. As Allah Azza wa Jal says in the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah, وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةِ There he talks in more detail. He says, I, Allah told the, the malaika, the angels, I am making a khalifa in this earth. Someone who will be ruling the world under the rules of Allah Azza wa Jal, under the, with the authority given by Allah. And then, within this scope of talking about this khalifa, the angels told Allah Azza wa Jal, how are you going to create someone who is going to shed the blood and who is going to do all the type of mischief and corruption? And Allah says, no, 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 I know much better than you do. And then he says, And Allah taught Adam the names of all things. So here there is a reference in this ayah to the fact that Allah indeed taught Adam, the first person, and from that teaching, that information has become has accumulated and has grown into the knowledge base which we know today. Today we know nuclear energy, we know atoms, we know the space, we know the astronomy, we know uh, all types of knowledges. All of this has been built upon one initial teaching from Allah Azza wa to Adam. If it was not for that teaching, then people would have been ignorant. That in itself, that in itself is sufficient, is sufficient for the people to appreciate that this Rabb is worthy of worship. In in uh, in Arabic, there is a proverb. That some people say, "Man alamani harfan kuntu lahu abdan." Whoever teaches me a, a character, a letter, I would be his slave. A character, and that's a show of appreciation of knowledge. You know, my teacher, and we have grown that a teacher who teaches me something that's that's something big, and that is not something that the people really dispute. Knowledge acquisition is not something easy. When you learn something, you appreciate it. And here Allah Azza wa Jal is telling us, look, this whole knowledge that you know is from me. If it was not for me, from me, then you would not have known this altogether. And that is in itself a sign that shows, look, this Rabb that you are worshipping, that who created you, who is the best, also he is the source of knowledge. He has been the source of knowledge. He initiated that, period, finished. You can't even reverse it. You can't say, no, I don't want his knowledge. He he already gave it to you. He already gave it to you, and this whole reading, this whole uh, writing, this whole knowledge of physics, every single piece of information that the people use today is based 
on what Adam alayhi salam acquired from Allah azza wa jal and it grows and it multiplies. You give your son piece of information days later, you will find this information has multiplied because you start using your brain, you think, you order this information, you process it, you think about things, you bring in you. But initially, the knowledge base, you have to appreciate where does it come from. So that's the second characteristics that Allah Azza wa Jal has brought about himself, these two issues, that he is a Rabb, and he created, and that he teaches, and he orders the teaching, and he does not allow ignorance. He did not want this human to be ignorant. He did not want you or me or anybody to have an excuse at some point say, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. He says, no, 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 you know. I have given you the tool, that's another thing, the ability to learn, and I have given the knowledge, and I have made it an order for you to learn. And we know that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he in one hadith says, طَلَبُ الْعِلْمِ فَرِيضًا To ask for ilm is a fard. So, to look for ilm, for knowledge is a fard. Now, I don't want to distinguish here between what types of knowledge is it for the physics, for the chemistry, for Islam? That, that's beyond the point we could go into that, but the issue, the acquisition of knowledge, that's the fault. And therefore, banning, banning the ability to learn and the ability to acquire the knowledge is not allowed in Islam. That's not Islam. And of course, we know when Islam was implemented, although this society of Mecca used to be called the society of ignorance, as soon as Islam came into existence and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam had the upper hand, this has become the society of enlightenment. That's where light is coming in, that's where knowledge is coming from. And only less than 50 years later, the whole area where Islam was dominant was the center of knowledge and center of information. That's where people from Europe, from all over the world, they used to come to that part, to Damascus, to Baghdad, and later on to Andalus, to Spain, to look for the knowledge that comes from Islam. Because it's an ideology that incorporates from within this appreciation for knowledge and for understanding and for information. It's an ideology, the whole ideology of Islam that begins with this, that orders the knowledge and the acquisition of knowledge. So Islam, wherever it lives, and I want to say one final word on this here. If you look at the Muslim world today, majority of the Muslim world, the, the, the most characteristic part of the Muslim world is ignorance, backwardness, reality, backwardness in technology, ignorance about lots of sciences, uh, ignorance even about the way to behave and the way to live, there is lack of knowledge and incorporation of knowledge in the, in the, in the life file of the people. And the reason, it's not Islam. The reason, the very reason in fact, is the absence of so whenever you see ignorance being dominated in a certain society, you, that is sufficient to let me know that Islam is not being implemented. Islam is not operating. Islam is not working. If Islam was working, if Islam was, was put in practice, there is no way in the world you could see ignorance or backwardness. And the proof is what Islam has, how Islam turned the society of Mecca and Arabia and the rest of the world as a society of enlightenment, society of light, not society of ignorance or dark, darkness. Who can stand against this? Who can, who has the guts 
who has the guts even to say no to all of this to the fact that Allah is the Rabb and Allah is the knowledgeable and Allah is the one who orders the knowledge and knowledge has to penetrate the darkness who has the guts even to stay and say, to say and no well anyone who does that Allah calls them tyrants Baghia Baghia tyrant means the one who really trespasses the threshold who goes beyond the limit and that's what the next ayah says Kalla Allah says no no that that cannot be stopped what I have just said about Allah is the Lord no one no one can can even think of, of, of being an obstacle or stopping all of this except someone who has طغيان كلا إن الإنسان لا يطغى no indeed the human may become طاغية يطغى means he goes over his limits he goes over the boundaries that someone sets it for him he does not recognize any boundaries he does not recognize any limits he and there are no rules that govern the person so the person may become a taghiya and Allah called of course Fir'aun if we want to know a life example of who is a taghiya the one who makes tyranny Fir'aun was the Fir'aun Allah says to Musa السلام, go to, to Fir'aun he has made he has become a taghiya he taghah taghah means he has become one of these called taghut and Allah in the Quran gives this description of the of this quality or this characteristic once you do Tughyan then you initiate Taghut these are terms, Islamic terms and in fact uh, as I'm the style which we have been following here we like to use these terms as if we could define them but the words then they are introduced by Islam a Taghut is introduced by Islam Allah says about the Taghut الذين كفروا أولياؤهم الطاغوت the kuffar they take their alliances from the طاغوت what do the طاغوت do يخرجونهم they take them out من النور from the light to darkness so anyone who leads the people from light to darkness from knowledge to ignorance from Islam to kufr is طاغوت so a طاغوت is a term means that means anything whether it's a system whether it's a man, whether it's a law, whether it's a desire, whether it's ambition, whether it's constitution, whether it's any of these, any of these entities or symbols that allow or force the people or take them from Islam to kufr, from light to darkness, from falsehood to to haq, to, to, from haq to batil, is taghut. So here Allah says, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَيَطْغَى A human indeed may become taghut or may commit taghut or may commit tuhiyan or may trespass if I use just the simple English terms English words which really don't don't fill up the brain إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَا يَطْغَى Allah says wait <laughs> these are statements which I have just done and I have said but indeed despite these facts despite the fact that Allah is indeed a creator and he is should be the Rabb and he is the one who orders the knowledge and he is the one who penetrates the ignorance and breaks it away despite all of that human continues some human continues to do Tughyan and to trespass and to go against the limit which Allah Azza wa established establishes 
إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَيَدْغَى Why? Why? What causes human to really stand up against the order of Allah Azza wa Jal? What causes someone to say no to what Allah has just initiated? What causes the human to say no to the implementation of Islam that's coming from Allah, the Rabb of the people? What causes the human, any human in his right mind, to really say no to all of this? One reason. Here Allah says, أَنْ رَآهُ استغنى. You think that you don't need this Allah. Although the ayah is talking about specific person, Abu Jahl. And that's why some Mufassirs, they say these ayahs came a little bit later. But I like sometimes to, uh, to uh, consult the way Sayyid Qutb looked at this. He says, although this seems to be talking about Abu Jahl at a later stage, but if you look at these ayahs together, they don't even need to have Abu Jahl did what he has done to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam because they make a unit. They really, these ayahs, they flow. Even without the need to have someone who has really stood in the face of Allah Azza wa Jal, in the face of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, these ayahs make a unit as they flow. The speech, the meaning, they flow. Allah is talking about the world. Allah talk, uh, talks about him being a Rabb talks about him giving the knowledge, ordering the knowledge, and showing the tool of the knowledge which is the, the, the pen, and talking about that he has initiated the knowledge to Adam السلام, and without him you would not have known anything today. And then he says, who can stop in all of this? Indeed, the human, any human, إِنَّ insana, any insan, who stands against all of these, and who denies these facts, and who does not allow these facts to dominate, is indeed a human with Tughyan, a human who is Tahut, a human who commits Tughyan, a human who commits uh, 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 transgression against Allah Azza wa Jal for the very reason and Ra'ahu Stagna, simply because he has seen himself, he has felt that he does not need the support of Allah. Stagna means I don't need you, I'm rich enough, I have my own power, I have my own power. Independent, at least of certain things. Here I come. Oh, I don't need the permission of the Imam. Oh, who cares? I will come here and I will use the, 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 the home, I will use the member. I am doing it on my own. If once I feel that I am completely independent, I don't need his support, I don't need his permission, I don't need his help, I don't need him to stand by me, then I will, then I will go against all what he says. I don't care about what he says. In very simple terms. Sim similarly, when the kid starts growing, he finds himself, I don't need my parents. I don't need his guidance. He tells me all things which are wrong. I don't need his money. I have my own money. I work. I don't need uh, his house. Uh, I'm going to live with my friend. I don't need this. I don't need that. Then he, he, he leaves. He goes away. These are simple, simple, simple examples. And here the human, Allah is talking about someone. He says, he found himself in a position, he's so rich, he forgot, or he doesn't know where this wealth has come from. He thought that he got it by him, by his own power. He found himself that he has authority. He didn't know that this authority has belonged sometime to someone else before him. And if that someone else did not die, that authority would not have transferred to him. He forgot that. 
So he looks at himself now at this current status now in isolation without looking at what could happen, happen in the future and what has happened in the past without looking at all of this I say now I'm I'm independent I'm rich enough I don't need your help so once the human gets into this situation where he thinks or believes for a second that he is no longer in need of this Rabb then he will make Pugian the simple examples today why do the many rulers or governments in the Muslim world they commit all these atrocities against their own people in order to satisfy America or Britain or Europe or whoever why do they do that because they think that their existence in power their richness their money and their authority and their rulership is supported by the White House or 10 Downing Street or Elysee in France or the Kremlin these are the ones who support them so they are in need of these and they are not in need of Allah Azzawajal. so they are willing to crush you if you are calling for Islam because they feel this independence of Allah and dependence on Kufr and that is very crucial term otherwise how would anyone in his right mind who knows and who believes that Allah Azzawajal is the one who has given you authority he is the one who, gives, he who has given you the wealth He's the one who has given you the life. He's the one who can take it away at any time. Then how could you be independent? You can't. And that's what Allah Azza wa Jal says. Inna the human commits tughyan or shirk or aggression only when he sees that he is no longer dependent on Allah Azza wa the word just to make this word at least make some more uh, derivation, comes from the word ghani. Ghani means rich in Arabic. Ghani, ghina means richness. Ghina, ghina means richness. Ghani means rich. Istagna, he has become uh, rich enough to be independent of you. When I say astagna, there is another uh, uh, place in Surah Abasa wa Tawalla. Amma man istagna, faanta lahu tasadda. Allah says about the Amma man istagna, the one who says I don't need you you are talking to him and you want to give him the Amma man jaaka yasa the one who comes talking to you and he wants knowledge from you فَأَنْتَ anhu talaha you are shying away from him Amma man istagna, the one who who thinks that he's, he doesn't need you you try to give him the information that's in Surah Abasa wa Tawalla so this word was used there in fact uh, that's why some Mufassirin, they say this ayah talks about Abu Jahl because the the word he found himself that he's too rich to listen to you okay in that surah Abasa wa Tawalla again Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was talking to Abu Jahl he wanted to give him the message when Ibn Umm Maktoum came and the, the blind man and you, you know the rest of the story and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shied away from him so he gave him this name, Man Istagna. There, Istagna, and here Istagna is talking about Abu Jahl. Anyway. In Tafsir Al Qurtubi, he mentions that when somebody usually the the, the first step or for someone to to feel the arrogance and to feel the independence and the sufficiency is to acquire the mal and the tharwa. Once you acquire this money and this wealth, then from this time on, 
then then it, it uh, drives the rest of the stuff. Money buys anything. Yeah, that. Anyway, I I I wanted to put uh, to stop at this area, but uh, before I uh, close and open the the floor for any comments or discussion, it seems that the 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 story continues not only with Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but if you read in Surah Hud and Al-A'raf about the prophets Salih alayhi salam Hud alayhi salam Lut alayhi salam Ibrahim alayhi salam you find that those people who really stood against and those who suppressed the da'wah who did not want this da'wah to flourish the da'wah of the messengers and later on Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the same style the style of someone who has the arrogance based on the wealth and the authority they have and today who really who is it that doesn't like to see Islam uh, uh, dominate is it the poor people the poor who uh, now now the poor mind you they are not few uh, they are more than 85% of the whole world they are about 6 billion inhabitants of the world about 4 billion of them are the poor these poor, they have no problem with having Islam, an ideology like Islam that comes and treats the people, brings this wealth and distributes it uh, uh, fairly and allows the people to benefit from the world. They are not opposing that. It's not those who really, uh, uh, they, they don't have the authority to pass laws. They're not the legislators. I mean the majority of the people who simply fall under the law of this country or the law of that country <laughs> the people who come after colonialism for example those when, when Britain and France comes and draws a line you say from this time on you are Jordanian you are Syrian you are Iraqi you are Pakistan you are Indian you are this you are that these people they are not the ones who oppose this message of Islam that would come and say they want to make the people one ummah it's not the ones who would oppose this, this message of Islam, are the ones who have the power, who have the authority, and who have the wealth. These are the ones who oppose the, the spread of Islam. The majority of the people are not opposing it. That's why, in right from the very beginning, Allah Azza wa warns Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and gives him this milestone, this direction. Look, the one who is going to oppose you when he finds himself in a position where he can be he thinks that he does not need you or need your Rabb then you will find Tughian from there so know your enemy know this Tughian where it comes from our, I was uh, reading some news a couple of months ago from Uzbekistan, from Syria, from Chechen, from Russia, from all over who are really the ones who are opposing the return of Islam to, to, to power? Who are the ones who oppose the return of Islam to the lifestyle of the people? Who are the ones who don't want to see Islam implemented? I was listening the other day to an uh, interview with Graham Fuller. Does anybody know this name? Graham Fuller, does it ring a bell? I'll tell you who is he. I think you must have read some about him. Yeah, Graham Fuller. He is the ex director 
of Middle Eastern Affairs in the CIA. Is the CIA director for Middle Eastern Affairs? Mean Middle Middle East means the, the Islam and the Muslims. Uh, he is actually until Bush time. Oh. Okay, we'll uh, <laughs> see what what happened. Probably he, he he makes the accident for him. He made accidents for many Muslims in the world. Now it's for his wife. But yeah, but uh, I was listening to the interview on Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera that's a satellite in, in Arabic, and he was speaking English and they were translating. One question came to him from the uh, the uh, journalist or the anchor, telling him why the United States is opposed to the uh, Islam, to Islam being uh, uh, Islam coming back to the political life, being the government. The, for uh, why does the United States oppose Islam to be the governor or to be the ruling system of the Muslim world? Why? He. Uh, he, he this man, Graham Fuller, he told him, why do you think the U.S. is? Then he told him, besides the point, whether it is or not, this is a question. And the, the, the people in the street, they ask this question. So they're saying, our own judgment <coughs> is that the national interest of this country will not be served if Islam rules. Now, what do you gather out of this? That's a simple, simple discussion. Well, discussion by someone who is an authority. Simply... It's saying that, look, if Islam rules, I will lose. That's very simple term. If you rule, I will lose. Then why should I allow you to rule? If Islam comes to power, I will no longer be in power. Why should I allow you? If Islam does not allow Bilal to continue to be the slave permanently to Umayyah bin Khalaf, why should Umayyah allow Islam to, to dominate? If Islam does not allow this mutaffifin issue, mutaffifin, the ones who cheats and they play in the scales, and these are few people like Abu Sufyan, Umayyah bin Khalaf, Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira, why should they allow this Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his Islam to, to rule? If it's not going to allow them to, the privilege of cheating the people. If Islam comes and says, man ghashana falaysa minna, or man ghasha falaysa minna, whoever cheats is not from among us. No cheating in Islam. Oh, 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 no cheating in Islam. What do these cheaters are going to, uh, to do? Commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, I mean, instead of committing suicide, they better not allow you to, 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 implement, to, uh, to plan yeah. this one. Read and your Rabb is the best and the most honorable. He's the one who taught with the pen, and he has, he's the one who taught humans things that he has not learned. These are the first few ayahs. Those were revealed in one shot. That's the beginning. And then later on, the uh, ayats were revealed in relevance to what Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam has faced with the people of Mecca when he began giving the dawah to them, and the uh, people started standing and opposing the dawah, like Abu Jahl. And that's why the next ayat came to uh, were revealed, where Allah azza wa jal says, "Kalla inna al-insana liyatqa." Indeed. Human may uh, uh, trespass the limits of Allah Azza wa Jal. Uh, human may become tyrant. Uh, human may commit tyranny. Human may become so aggressive. A human can become so uh, outlawed or uh, can go against the laws of Allah Azza wa Jal. 
Allah Azawajal says, indeed, this could happen, this may happen. The humans do act like this. Especially, and ra'ahu stagna, especially when the human thinks that he is self-sufficient. He has become sufficient and he is independent. He no longer needs you. He no longer uh, thinks that he relies or he depends on the help and the support of Allah Azawajal. Then, of course, what could you, what can, what, what could really bound this human? What can restrict him? What is it that can keep him within the bounds and the boundaries of what is right and what is uh, not wrong? Nothing. If a human thinks that he is independent, there is no Jannah, no Jahannam, that Allah is not the one who provides you your wealth, that Allah has no control over your life, that Allah is not going to take you anytime, that health and illness are not from Allah Azza wa Jal. So why care? So why care? I mean, what is it that, that could keep you within the, within the boundaries that uh, limit you to the rules and the regulations of Allah Azza wa Jal? And that seems to be a very major principle of human behavior. Why would a human trespass? Why would someone really go ahead and commit adultery, let's say, adultery? If he does not believe or does not see or does not think that Allah can get him, assume that he knows that Allah says it's haram. Allah doesn't like that. But Allah cannot get him. Now you are telling me don't do that. But you can't get me. I, don't, I no longer depend on you. I no longer want your help. I no longer get your support. I am depending on him, or even I depend on myself. I am rich enough to support myself. I am rich enough to, to not even to listen to you. I am strong enough not to get power from you. I am strong enough even to beat you, maybe. Why should I listen to you? I mean, there could be sometimes some moral respect. That's fine, but in reality, people don't move by the so-called moral respect. Moral respect or moral adherence usually is supported by some type of dependence. There is a dependence inherent when even when you respect a father or a parent, there is an inherent dependence. Because I know somehow I depend on him, somehow I rely on him. There is this notion. And of course, if you don't have this notion, look at the society. Children continue to listen and uh, go along with their parents until age 14, 15, 16, when they start working and getting their job. Everybody goes in his, in his own way. There is no thing, nothing called moral support or moral adherence or moral respect. But if I know that Allah Azza wa Jal, He's telling me to obey my father, then even when I become independent of my father, I'm still dependent on Allah. And then Allah tells me, obey and listen to your parents, then I will do. If Allah doesn't say, or I don't think Allah can get me, then I'm not going to listen to nobody. So if we don't have this notion that we are solely dependent on Allah Azza wa Jal, our life, creation, Allah created us out of nothing, Allah can take us anytime, Allah created the world in which we live. Allah brings the water down, the, the water that we drink. Allah makes the air that we breathe and He can take it away. I depend on the air for breathing and the air is being made and done by Allah Azza wa Jal. He can take it, he can, he can bring the oxygen and reduce the percentage of oxygen in the air. 
by one person and everybody goes to go goes dead one person goes down the oxygen then the co2 would increase the hydrogen would be a little bit more the nitrogen a little bit more then no life can exist in this world so we are dependent not only on the existence of oxygen but on this ratio on this mix on this mixture of the of the gases that exist in the world we depend on that that means i depend on allah azawajal but if i don't see it that way if i don't see it that way what what happens that's the result trespass become aggressive commit aggression goes against the boundaries of allah azawajal do it on your own be, be, become a tyrant in fact the word yatga as i mentioned last time allah azawajal talks about pharaoh alayhi salam about pharaoh about musa alayhi salam going to pharaoh okay saying inhab ila pharaoh innahu tagha go to pharaoh because he is tagha so if you want to know what tagha means just think of pharaoh the pharaoh whatever the pharaoh has done that's that's there and if you want to get resemblance today if you want to know what Tagha means just think of half of Asad. Think of him, the way he's doing in arresting the people right and left, uh, torturing them and uh, to, uh, imprisoning women in order for their fa- father or son or husband to come and surrender himself. That is Tagha. Think of Fahd when he brings all the troops in, in uh, Arabia so that they would kill all the uh, Iraqis and the people. That's Tagha. Think of Saddam Hussein. That's Tagha, Sadat, Hosni Mubarak. That's all of these. Uh, think of the Sarb, which, what they have done in Kosovo. That's Tagha. Inna al-insana la yatagha means the insan commits or becomes, does this Tagha. Like Fir'aun, Tagha. That's what it is. And this happens only, only when the person thinks that he is above the law. He's above the law. He is not held accountable. No one can take him back and tell him stop it he's on his own like when the constitution in jordan says the king is above the constitution all of these laws and regulations do not apply to the king he's above the law he's immune above the law he's above the constitution he can dissolve the constitution by his pen says null and void gone he can dissolve the parliament null and void gone so what can hold this guy from becoming, from committing tagha or tughiyan? Nothing. And that's what Allah Azza wa Jal says, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَيَطْغَى أَرْرَآهُ اسْتَغْنَى It's a principle. And this is the beauty of the surah. Once it laid down the grounds of who is the Rabb, then it says, okay, what makes the person commit tughiyan? This notion of istighna. Istighna means the feeling or the sense of sufficiency the sense of independence okay you are on your own you can do it on your own then of course allah azza wa jal in the next ayah he says no inna ila inna ila indeed the return is all back to your rabb don't worry where is he going i mean he's running away he's playing he's moving he's flying where for how long Everything is coming back to Allah Azza wa Jal. Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. We are all belong to Allah Azza wa Jal and all we are reversed back. Go back to Allah Azza wa Jal. Everybody is back to Allah Azza wa Jal. Inna ila rabbika ar-ruj'a. 
the return is indeed to your Rabb. Sometimes you say, okay, somebody is running away. Somebody is playing his own games. Wait a second. At the end of the day, at the end of the month, at the end of the year, eventually he's coming back to me. If you know for sure that someone is coming back to you, you say, let him, let him play. Don't worry, I, I will get him. I'm not even going to chase him. I have the rope. He's tied up. I have his leg. Yeah. Sometimes those people who, who uh, walk their dogs, and they have them chained. Okay, the dog then jump and yells and cries and shouts and barks and moves and does whatever. As long as you hold the rope, you don't care. Because you can bring him back. But when, when the rope is loose, then you become damn worried. Because the dog can run away, it can hurt somebody and you can get hurt and you will be in trouble and you, and you know, you are not in control anymore. But if you have the rope in your hand, then everything can, you can pull it back to yourself. Allah Azza wa Jal is telling Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on one hand, now talking about Abu Jahl. Now Abu Jahl, he committed Tughyan just like Fir'aun. He says, insana Abu Jahl. He can become, now not only Abu Jahl, anyone who is kafir, anyone who goes against Islam, actually committed Tughyan. But then Allah Azza wa Jal telling Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it's true that man can commit tughyan but at the end of the day they will all come back to me don't worry and that's again going along the same uh, style that we have seen in the other surahs comforting the believers giving comfort to a muslim now when i tell you see what can i do i mean this uh, saddam or hafid asad or clinton that's tyrants what can i do they, they, they are not bounded by anything they don't depend on us, they, are not, they don't have any fear. They can do anything, anything. They can chop you off, they can cut you in pieces, they can kill you, they can imprison, imprison you, they can take your food, they can destroy your home, they can do anything. Then how are you going to feel? Miserable. You're going to feel miserable because you sound helpless in this environment, in these conditions. You can do nothing. Powerless, right? And that's most of the time the people why the people really run away and escape their dawah and they don't continue and carry on the work because they feel helpless just like in mecca the prophet and the muslims they are watching abu jahl he's doing all types of tyranny killing yasser killing sumayya ordering umayya to torture bilal and uh, pushing this guy and pushing that one around uh, bullying everybody so that, that's really miserable so Allah Azza wa Jal is telling Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, yeah, I know why they are doing that. It's because they feel, they have the illusion, they have the illusion that they are mustaghna, they have ghina, they have richness, they are so rich, they have this illusion. But don't worry, in reality they will come back to me. Inna ila rabbika ruj'a. Meaning now, if these people are being held by Allah Azza wa Jal, and they are back to Allah Azza wa Jal, and Allah holds the rope to their necks, then Muhammad والسلام, and his Sahaba would get the feeling that these guys are wrong. Their feeling of sufficiency is wrong. Their feeling of independence is wrong because Allah still has the upper hand. A feeling of comfort, a feeling of comfort, at least going back to the, to the example of the dog, the dog you are walking by the street, dog starts barking and running at you, and there the master, he holds the, the rope, 
And then that guy says, don't worry, I can pull him back. I hold him, I control him. So as long as that master doesn't really want to hurt you, then he can always pull back the dog. But if he wants to hurt you, he can let, let it go and, and kill you and get you. So that's the example here, which, is, which shows the, the, the picture. You're walking down the street, dog starts barking, running at you, and then there is a guy who holds his rope, and then you know, okay, you are secure. You are secure as long as the person who holds the rope to the neck of the dog is willing to pull it back. And the only time you can be, you can feel the safety and the security if that person is on your side. At least he's not your enemy. At least he does not mean to harm you. And you know that he's in control, then you are fine. But if you know that person was really against you and he wants, he's releasing his dog to unleashing it so that it can bite you, then you are in trouble. You have to, to defend yourself. And if this dog happens to be one of those huskies that can jump and, and then uh, uh, in one knock you down and starts licking you around and biting here and there, then you are in trouble. So that's what really was the issue. These dogs of Mecca were, were almost unleashed. They thought they were unleashed. Like Abu Jahal, Abu Lahab, these are like the dogs. They thought they are unleashed. No ropes. And those Muslims, because they see them torturing them and really beating them, they could think for a second that they are unleashed. And they will continue to, 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 to hurt them. Then Allah Azza wa Jal says, no, I hold their ropes. Inna ila rabbika And that's exactly what's happening these days. If I, could, if I start believing that Asad is there forever and Mubarak is there forever and Hussein and Abdullah is there forever and Fahd are there forever and their power is endless, is limitless, is infinite, is without limits. Their power is always there and nobody can get to them. If I start accumulating this feeling, then I will just either surrender or run away or give up. Because what can I do with them? Nothing. But if I know if somebody can show me that these people are held by their neck, from their neck to a rope, which Allah Azza wa Jal holds it back, then I say, fine. That means the only time they can get to me is when Allah Azza wa Jal wants that to happen, and probably He wants it for something good for me. He's testing me, He wants me to do something, He wants to show my reaction, how much patience I have. So he's, He has a scheme. But he's mine, he's on my side, I'm on his side, I'm his believer, I'm his servant, and I believe in him, he's my Rabb, because Allah says, Inna ila rabbika. Your Rabb, he's, they are back to my Rabb, they are held by a rope, with, and Allah Azza wa is holding it with his own hand, my Rabb, not anyone else. That's very beautiful, that's really very brilliant, this is how Allah Azza wa treats the believers, how he comforts them, how he brings the hope into their hearts and this type of light that says okay now I can I can continue to, to work because all these dogs that they can do to me is only when the one who holds the rope he let them do that and as long as they are back to Allah Azza wa Jal and they will return back to Allah Azza wa Jal that means he can take them at any time then I know that everything is going in my favor even when I am being tortured, even when I am being imprisoned, even when I am being deprived of, 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 the, uh, of the very basics of life, 
even at those times I know that uh, everything is working on my behavior on my on my favor everything is working for me okay? that's the next ayah then goes Allah on showing the, the, the picture of Tughiyan when you say the, the, somebody makes Tughiyan how? says have you seen the one who stops or prevents the servant or the slave of Allah prevents him from praying Ara'ayta the word Ara'ayta means have you seen do you really see can you do you look around can you visualize can you realize who is he can you identify can you pinpoint your finger can you say this is the guy Ara'ayta alladhi yanha yanha means the one who says don't do we know this in the ya'mur bil ma'ruf wa yanha anil munkar amr ma'ruf Nahi al-Mukar. Nahi means say don't. And when you are powerful, when you have the power and you tell me don't do that, don't drink the water, you really mean it. I mean, you will follow up with your order with some execution to stop me. And here Allah Azza wa Jalla says, can you identify, can you look at, can you see the one who is trying to prevent the abd, abd, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah is talking about his servant as Abd. And he's talking about Abu Jahl al-Taghi, tyrant. You know, I am a slave. You are a tyrant. I'm a slave of Allah Azza wa Jal. You are a big shot. I mean, you are, you are Clinton. You are Tony Blair. You are Nixon. You are uh, Yeltsin. You are Gorbachev. You are Assad. You are uh, big guys. I'm Abd. Allah is saying, Abdan ida sallam. Humbleness. That's the the best the best quality a man can attain. The best quality, the best level you can reach is to be a abd of Allah. Abd of Allah, a slave of Allah Azawajal. And that's when Allah Azawajal talked about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the trip to Al-Quds, the Isra and Miraj, when he says, Subhanallahi Asra bi abdihi laylan. Allah has taken into a journey. His abd, his abd means his slave. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was being called a slave at the time when he was being raised to heaven. That's what the quality of a abd. And here Allah Azza wa Jal is saying about Abu Jahl. Have you seen Abu Jahl? Do you really notice him? Can you observe him? Can you identify him? Can you pinpoint your finger? Point your finger to him when he is telling the abd of Allah the slave of Allah, don't pray. Stop the prayer. He is preventing the prayer. Now, prayer here, at the time, there was no prayer. Like five times prayer, make wudu, standing up, dhuhr, asr. Salah at the time was really to establish the deen. Salah means to call for Allah Azza wa Jal. Salah means to bring the notion of servitude, abudiyah, slavery only to Allah Azza wa Jal. So when this man, Abu Jahl, is trying to prevent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from bringing this deen of Allah azza wa jal, he's trying to stop him. That's what Abu Jahl was doing. Because we know the reality. The reality, Abu Jahl was not only Abdullah. When we know the reality that Abu Jahl was not telling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam only don't pray, he was saying don't invite for this, for this religion. Don't call for the worship of Allah Azza wa Jal. 
Don't call for the unity of Allah. That's what Abu Jahl was doing. And here Allah Azza wa Jal is putting it in the term, yanha? Have you seen the one who says, who's stopping the prayer? Yanha abdan ida salla? And that's very interesting because today, sometimes when you stay, we want to call the people to pray. We want the people to start praying. It's very limited scope of the definition of prayer. When the word prayer, as Allah Azza wa puts it here, it is the whole deen. <coughs> so the word prayer is, is the whole deen. Abu Jahl is stopping Muhammad وسلم, from calling for a prayer, which is calling for deen. So sometimes when we say, we need the people to pray, and people are, now, if, if we were asking the MCC, to hold a prayer, a janazah prayer, a Eid prayer, a prayer for, for uh, eclipse, a prayer for anything, they would give us money. They would say, come, come on and do it. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. The very narrow definition of prayer. But when it is for the prayer, which is for the call of the deen, the whole call for Islam, they would say, no, we don't understand that. We don't allow that. That's, that's too, that's something which we really have to think about. That's something which we may not afford to allow you to do that. That's, that's in reality, with, 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 with some, some difference. But in principle, there is no difference from that. That you are stopping the people from calling to prayer. And the prayer in this case means the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. Stopping the people from inviting to Allah Azza wa Jal, from inviting to Islam. That's what the people don't understand. It's a very harsh statement. It's a very, very definite one that says that one who commits Tughyan is the one who feels somehow sufficient, independent of Allah, to the instant that he will stop a abd of Allah Azza wa Jal from calling to Islam. That's what it is. Whether you are a scholar of Islam, or you have a masjid, or you have a bar, or you have whatever, or a government, or a militia, or a police. No difference. There is no difference between someone who stops you from holding a convention to talk about Islam in the masjid, or someone who does not allow you to pray physically. No difference at all. Absolutely no difference. Because in this ayah, Allah Azza wa Jal is talking about Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is talking about Islam, not prayer, regular prayer, and they were stopping him from doing that. He's stopping the person when he prays. Abu Jahl did not stop the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from praying. Physically, uh, uh, kneeling down or reading Quran never stopped him. But what is it that he is stopping? What is it that he is preventing? What is it that Abu Jahl was after? If you read the seerah, these sessions which we are doing in, in Milwaukee about the seerah, Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira, Akhnas bin Shuraik, these big elites, the idiots of Mecca, the, the Tawut of Mecca, if you will. These people, 
when Muhammad والسلام, brought Islam to, the, to them they shrugged their shoulders and said fine okay you want to worship Allah go ahead and they didn't do anything in fact in the seerah says وَلَمْ يَبْعُدْ مِنْهُ قَوْمُ his people did not really depart him or did not feel insecure because of his call until and, and until that moment when he started bringing the issues about their gods saying I want to worship my Allah and you cannot worship these idols I am correct and you are wrong I am right and you, have, you are false once he started doing that and he started telling them look you know the worship you worship the way you worship your gods is really funny it's stupid it doesn't make sense it's ignorant he started doing that and they said wait a second you can't do that and they came to Abu Talib and they told him stop your nephew from doing that stop him and if you don't if you don't stop him either us or him one of us will survive and the other will, will die so it is this that they stopped they wanted to stop so this is the evidence from the real seerah what is it that Abu Jahl was trying to stop not the physical prayer he was trying to stop the call for the unity of Allah the unity of God the call for the worship of Allah alone the call for making Allah the only Rabb that's what he was trying to stop and here Allah said the way he expressed that he said he is making prevention preventing abd when he prays so praying Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam his prayer his salah was actually the calling for Islam as being the only supreme right and correct religion that's the word salla that's what it means at the time so Abu Jahl was trying to stop Muhammad والسلام, from making salah he was not forcing him not to bow down to Allah you know sometimes you say oh Abu Jahl was trying to prevent Muhammad وسلم, from making salah half of Asad is not preventing the people from making salah in fact there is a masjid in, Dem in Damascus in, in Damascus brother Elias has been there and he has seen it and he prayed there Husni Mubarak is not preventing the people from Salah there is Azhar there and there are masjids and the people pray Fahd is not preventing the people from making Salah there is the Mecca and there is Medina and there are the Masajid and everybody prays there and you know it you have seen them on TV they are not stopping the people from praying so you can do resemblance they said no that's wrong this analogy is wrong because Abu Jahl uh, about whom this ayah is talking Abu Jahl did not stop Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam from praying he did not prevent Muhammad wasalam, from physical praying he did not prevent or even attempt to prevent Abu Bakr or anyone from praying in fact they wanted him to share the Kaaba with them just go and pray so what is it that Allah is talking about Abdan Ida Salah when he prays, that means the Quran is contradicting itself. The Quran is not saying the truth. Because Abu Jahl was not preventing Muhammad والسلام, from making salah. There is no evidence that anyone stopped Muhammad والسلام, from making salah. 
The only evidence that exists is that Abu Jahl and his elites and the idiots of Mecca stopped or prevented or attempted to prevent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam from calling for Islam as being the supreme, correct, righteous religion. That's the only thing they did. So here the issue is not praying or not praying. The issue is calling for Islam to be the only religion to be worshipped by Allah Azza wa With this analogy now, yes, Fahd bin Abdul Aziz is doing exactly like Abu Jahl is doing. He allows the people to physically pray, but when you want to call for Islam, for the implementation of Islam, for the laws of Allah Azza wa for Allah to be the only Rabb, to be worshipped, no, 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 that cannot happen. That's exactly what Prophet Assad is doing in Syria. When it comes to people physically praying, he gives them all the masajid they want. But if you want Allah to be the only God to be worshipped, the Rabb to be obeyed, and the one who legislates and the people will obey, the constitutions to be based on what Allah says, he says, no, 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 you can't do that. You insist on it, you go to jail. You... Yeah, exactly. So that's the analogy here. So here we'll say, when Allah talks about this, I'll say, yes, the kings in the Middle East are preventing the people from praying. No matter how many people pray, they are doing that because pray does not only mean physical bowing down to Allah It means calling for Islam and for Allah to be only the Rabb, the only Rabb to be worshipped. A servant when he prays, when he calls for Allah just like wondering, you know, do you see this guy who stops people from calling for the, the good? Calling this man or this servant of Allah Azza wa Jal? The, the first one is stopping you, stopping you from calling for the correct faith. The second one, but what if this guy is on guidance? Do you see, do you really think, have you thought about that this person you are preventing, he could be guided. I mean, if he is guided and you are trying to stop him from guidance, you will lose. If this person is trying to guide you and he knows the correct path and he knows the way and he knows all the, the ins and outs, let's say you guys are being uh, somewhere surrounded in, in jungle and you don't know your own way, and someone comes and wait a second, I know the way. I know, I have the map. I have the directions. And you don't, him. You don't, let, you don't want the people to, to, to listen to him. You don't want the people to see his map. You don't want to get the directions from him. And you say, oh, you don't know nothing. Your map is wrong. Your directions are corrupt. I'm not going to listen to you. Nobody's going to listen to you. Okay, fine, fine. You did it. You are powerful. You stopped him. You took the map and you uh, tore down all of these papers, you uh, threw the directions in the garbage. What if this man had the, the correct path? What if he had the correct direction? That's what Allah is saying. I mean, come on, Abu Jahl, trying to, to, trying to provoke his mind. Tyrant, fine, you are tyrant, fine, you are, you are idiot, fine, but still there is a brain in your head. After all, I have given it to you. I know that I, when I created you, when I ordered your creation, I make sure that there is a brain there. I did not forget to put a brain in your head. There is a brain in your head. So maybe I can call up 
call upon this brain, this, this mind that you have, maybe after all you would see things. He's telling him, do you, did, did you think about that this person could have maybe guided? He may have the guidance. He may, that, he may have that guidance that takes you out of your ignorance, out of your uh, uh, miserable life. أَرَأَيْتَ إِنْ كَانَ عَلَى الْهُدَى أَوْ أَمَرَ بِالتَّقْوَى Or whatever he has ordered, أَمَرَ بِالتَّقْوَى He is bringing the order of taqwa. Maybe this man that you are preventing, you are stopping, he may have the guidance, or the order he is bringing is an order that makes you avoid taqwa in general. Here Allah says, Taqwa. He orders, he makes an order that allows you to avoid, that, give, that gives you the avoidance. Avoidance of what? The avoidance of every single danger that you could think of. Every single mischief that could happen to you in this life or in the hereafter. Anything that is risk, anything that's dangerous. If you do that, that's the point here. If I am trying, I'm stopping this brother right here. He's trying to do something, and then I grab him and prevent him. He's trying to say something. He's trying to, 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 to give the people something. Then I block his mouth, I stop him, I tie him up, and then just put him on, throw him on the floor. He no longer can do anything. He cannot say anything, and he can do nothing. Now, here I'm turning, Allah is turning to the crowd, say, this guy that has been just nailed down, what if he is the one who has the guidance for all of you? Now you will lose guidance. You will no longer know what to do. What, what if he had what it takes for you to avoid the dangers? Maybe there was a lion somewhere hiding there that he could eat all of you. Or hyenas somewhere. Or maybe there is a robber. Or maybe there is an army, a division, waiting for you to, 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 uh, to nail you down, to get you. What if all of these dangers were surrounding you, and he's the one who knows them? And he is the one who has the order. His order, or his order means scheme in this case. He has a plan. His plan will take you, will take you on a zigzaggy path that can avoid all of these snakes, uh, hyenas, lions, robbers, fires, traps, he can avoid all of them. It's, it's a very messy type of maze, type of jungle. Huh? Or hardships. He is the one who has this path. He has a plan for this path. What if that was the case? Just think about it for a second. What Allah is about here, is provoking, is telling Abu Jahl and the rest of the people, at least let this person talk. I'm not forcing you to believe in him let him let him talk at least know what he wants to say at least listen to what he has to say he's telling you there is some danger and I want you to avoid that danger allow him to speak and listen to him don't prevent him that's what exactly what's happening here here Allah is not really telling Abu Jahl I'm going to smash your head at this time at least or I'm going to kill you or Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam will come and then chop your heads off. All he is saying, this man that you are stopping, 
he could have the guidance. This man, he could have an order that allows you to avoid dangers. Amara taqwa Amara taqwa means he has the order that allows you, that enables you to avoid all dangers in this world and in the hereafter. If you die, you will go to Jahannam. What worse than Jahannam can be? What could be worse than Jahannam? What could be worse than the hellfire? What could be worse than a fire? Nothing. What could be worse than living in a life when you don't know what is right, what is wrong, even in this life? What could be worse than allowing your life to be controlled by idiots who don't even know how to clean their butts when they go to the bathroom? Really, in reality, what could be worse than that? What could be worse than a life that is controlled by people who don't even know their orientation based on what Allah has created them. Gays, homosexuals, all types of, of, uh, of idiotism that takes place. They, they control the lives of the people. What could be worse than type of a lifestyle when the whole economy, all the money depends on what goes in the mind of a person when he goes to bed, whether he wants to raise interest rate or lower them down, so that to control inflation or to control the unemployment or to control the economic growth or to bring it down or be, or to preserve the interest of this bank or that bank what's going to happen to whatever you have accumulated of your wealth you have been working for the rest of your life or all your life in order to make some living to education for your children and then comes someone says oh you know oh that money in the in the in the pockets of the people is really too much we cannot afford let's lower the value of that degrade the currency so if you have $1,000 now, this worth only $700. So you have to work 30% more time in order to, to make up for this difference. What is this? I mean, this is, this is a lifestyle that the people live. Now, what if there was a brother here, some person, who knows the way out, who knows a better way of living, and we are hushing him up, and we are not allowing him to speak, and we don't even want the people to listen to him. Every time he wants to speak, Kill him. Every time he wants to speak, get him. Every time he wants to speak, nail him down. Every time he wants to bring this issue up about Islam and the rules of Allah Azza wa Jalla, he says, terrorist. Every time he wants to bring any, any issue and talk about real things, fundamentalist, fanatic. Keep him out. Stay, keep him even out of a masjid. Don't allow him to, to speak because FBI would take wrong ideas about this masjid or that masjid. What is this? That's exactly what happened in Mecca. Right at the very beginning. And that's what Allah Azza wa Jal was uh, bringing the attention of the people to. Bringing the attention of the people to this issue. أَرَأَيْتَ الَّذِي يَنْهَا عَبْدًا إِذَا أَرَأَيْتَ إِنْ كَانَ عَلَى الْهُدَى Maybe he has the guidance. أَوَامَرَ بِالتَّقْوَى Or his order really makes you avoid all the dangers and the hassle. Are you out of your mind? This man might have something good for you. Then going back now to, to Abu Jahl. Saying, now do you see that this man, when he really denies all of this and he runs away, he turns his back. He says, all of this is a lie. Wrong. Muhammad has nothing that's good. Muhammad has nothing that's from Allah. Muhammad has nothing that's valid for you. Has nothing that brings justice. Has nothing that makes you avoid hassle. Muhammad has nothing. He says, everything is wrong. No, 
kazzaba watawalla and he turns his back and says ah forget it don't let him speak don't listen to him take him away stop him nail him down deal with him kill him if you can all of these that is the the, the scenario that Allah is presenting to us what happens in these crooked societies how things are cooked sometimes some people they claim or they say why this Islam is not being implemented why if this Islam is all good and the Quran is all correct and many people believe in it why it's not coming to this to this level of implementation why people are not adopting it what prevents the people this is what Allah is saying there are some elites one or two or three who hold the power who are Pohian who make Paga they are the ones who take the decisions on behalf of the, of the, of the majority of the people of the world they are the ones who take the decisions they are the ones who stop the growth of the Haqq they are the ones who stop the implementation of the Haqq they are the one who says no to anything that comes from Allah Azza wa Jal that's exactly what Allah Azza wa Jal is explaining to us about this issue رَأَيْتَ إِنْ كَذَّبَ وَتَوَلَّى أَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يَرَى now when he runs away and he turns his back he thinks that Allah doesn't see him Alam Ya'alam doesn't he know that Allah really is watching and seeing Allah is looking and watching remember when Musa alayhi salam when Allah asked him to go to Fir'aun he said اذهب إلى فرعون إنه طغى that's the ayah which I was talking about go to Fir'aun he may he is طغى he has become a tyrant and then talk to him tell him that you are the messenger of Allah Azza wa Jal and so on then Musa alayhi salam was complaining or at least talking to Allah Azza wa Jal telling him ya Allah we are afraid that he might really do something nasty to us inna nakhaf ayyafrata alayna aw ayyatra we are afraid that he would commit Tughyan against us Yafrat means he will, he will really crush us Yafrat means he will exaggerate in his torture he will do everything he can to, to nail us down to bring us down we are afraid what does Allah telling him he says no 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 don't worry inni ma'akuma I am with you asma'u wa ara I am with you I listen and I see don't worry inni ma'akuma I am with you asma'u I listen and I see what could be better than that I mean Allah Azza wa Jal is telling you you go to this idiot to this king to this president to this ruler to this oppressor tell him you are an oppressor tell him stop doing your aggression tell him release those people from your jails tell him allow the people at least to listen if you don't want to listen yourself damn with you that's fine at least let the people know what the truth is go and talk to the king or to the president this man he has police he has militia he has his intelligence he can really chop he, he, he can cut my tongue while i'm talking when i'm talking he can put his scissors and really chop my tongue off and he can hang me from my legs and he can start 
taking my parts one by one, my eyes, my ears. I mean, I can't do nothing. Then when Allah says, I am with you. I listen to whatever he, do, he, he says and I see whatever he does. Isn't that sufficient? That's enough. When Muhammad وسلم, was traveling with Abu Bakr in the trip to Medina and the kuffar were chasing, you know the story? Kuffar of Mecca, they were following Muhammad وسلم, and Abu Bakr and they got down to the cave and they were looking for them and they were almost seeing them and Abu Bakr is telling Muhammad وسلم, Ya Rasulullah, he was probably grabbing the Prophet. Ya Rasulullah, you know, if these guys, if they look down, they would see us. We are right under their feet. We are right there. I mean, they, I mean, you are sitting here and somebody is standing right there. How is it that they can't see us? Then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tapping the, 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 uh, the, the back of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Tabbing the 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 padding uh, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, holding him nicely and telling him, Ya Abu Bakr, ma wannuka bithnayn Allahu thalithukuma. Abu Bakr, what do you think? We are two. The third of us is Allah. We are not only two. We have Allah with us. Ma wannuka bithnayn Allahu thalithukuma. And Allah Azza wa Jal establishes this as a fact in the Quran, uh, where He says. إِذْ يَقُولُ لِصَاحِبِهِ لَا تَحْزَنْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعْنَا He is telling his sahib, his friend, don't worry, Allah is with us. إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعْنَا Doesn't he know that Allah sees? Now of course that's to us. Don't you know that Allah is seeing what Abu Jahl is doing? Why are you afraid of him? Just like their inna ila rabbika ruja, their, their, their return is to Allah Azza wa Jal, and he says, Allah sees him, and Allah knows what he's doing, and Allah knows that he's denying facts, and Allah knows that he's trying to prevent Islam from, from prevailing. Allah knows all of these, and he sees them. He's watching. It's not that he has known in the azal. You know, sometimes you know, oh, Allah has known from the past, because Allah is azali, Allah has no limits in time, so he has known everything that's going to happen. No, Allah is saying here, currently, now, physically, Allah is seeing. Allah is watching now. Now, now, Allah is watching. At this very moment you speak, Allah is watching. It's not that he has known what Abu Jahl is going to do, and you could have ordered him to stop. No, Allah is watching. Right now. And that's something when you are in a terrible situation, when you are in da'wah. And when you are talking to someone that there is no match between you and him. And when you know that Allah is overseeing all of this, you say, Alhamdulillah, that gives you the support, that gives you the momentum, that gives you the strength. We will do it no matter what. Because Allah is watching and seeing. If I am on the correct path, I shall fear nothing but Allah Azza wa Jal, and I shall hesitate none at all. And I shall continue, and I, the, I will continue to do my work and the success and the victory will be mine because Allah is watching and Allah is seeing and Allah wants this deen to prevail. Allah doesn't want this deen to go down the, the, the drain. Allah doesn't want it to do, to go, does not want this deen to go that path. Allah wants this deen to go the upper path. So I know 
that I shall continue. And that goes, of course, now. These guys, some people don't want to give me the place to talk. I, I will go and talk on the street. I will go and talk on the streets. And I will go next to the MCC, in front of the MCC, and I will pass my da'wah and pass my literature, and I will let the people know that these people are not allowing Islam to be talked about. Allah is watching. I want to give this message, so this message will be healed. Allah, yes, ma'awayara. Allah listens and watches. And then, of course, going into getting personal. So Allah in the Quran, sometimes he gets, not Allah gets personal, but Allah takes the personal issue with the, with the, with the persons, individuals. Allah gets individual. Picks on a certain individual. Okay? He talks for a certain person, like in, we, we saw in Surah Al-Muddathir and Al-Qalam, where he talks about Al-Walid in one surah and about other people in the other surah. Here Allah says, Kalla. No. He says, Let me tell you. La illam If he does not stop it, this man. La illam If he does not stop it, La nasfa'am bin We will hit him on the forehead. Just like this. La just I'll spank you. If he does not stop it, if he continues to be that nasty, this means if he does not stop it, means we will hit hardly. means this forehead. This is a forehead that's a liar. Kadiba means it lies a lot. Khatiya is a sinner. When we say your head, says, your head is a liar. I mean, what's the best of you? I mean, you think your head, your forehead, that's you are proud of, it's a sinner. Your forehead, that's the best thing you are really, uh, that's the most visible part of you, it's a liar. Allah Azza wa Jal is telling, talking about Abu Jahl now. Abu Jahl is the man is the big man, the man of the, of, uh, in the Arabs, the man in Mecca, the man who thinks nobody can talk to him. Here Muhammad والسلام, is bringing a Quran from Allah and reading it loud in Mecca. Just imagine this. Imagine that Muhammad وسلم, or Abu Bakr or Ali or Yasser, that's why Yasser was killed. I mean, these guys were reading this type of Quran or Bilal was tortured. If he comes up in, in Mecca and he says, you know what Allah Azza wa Jal, the Rabb of Muhammad is saying? He says, Kalla la illam yantahi. Tell this son of a gun, this Abu Jahl, if he does not stop it, Allah will spank him right on the forehead. And he is a sinner and he is a liar. These uh, small, tiny little people, the poor people, the slaves, the ones who have no place to go to, reading this in Mecca, loudly threatening Abu Jahl, now, using the threat of the Quran, that is something that Mecca never witnessed before. In fact, that's something no society ever witnessed. And even now, except for the few people who carry the da'wah according to this method, nobody does that. Nobody stands up right in the middle of Damascus or Cairo or Amman and say that this leader, this ruler is a traitor. He is committing treason against Allah and the Messenger and the believers. 
He is a liar because he is not implementing Islam. He is a sinner because he is implementing kufr. This is the da'wah. That's how it went. Now that's what made Yasser and his wife deserve to be martyrs of Allah Azza wa Jal. It was not for, for nothing. It was for standing up and reading a Quran that outright talks against the highest level of leadership in Mecca, Abu Jahl. Reading an ayah, كَلَّا لَإِنْ لَمْ يَنْتَهِ لَنَسْفَعًا بِالنَّاصِيَةِ نَاصِيَةٍ كَاذِبَةٍ خَاطِئَةٍ فَلْيَدْعُ نَاذِيَةٍ Let him call whomever he wants. Let him go to his club. Let him call his gang. Let him bring whomever he wants. Nadia means anyone whom he can call. Anyone who belongs to his gang. Anyone who can associate himself with him. Let him call anybody he wants. فَلْيَدْعُ نَاذِيَةٍ That's what Allah says. Call whomever you want. سَنَدْعُ الزَّبَانِيَةِ We will call our own implementers, the executors, the executioners. الزَّبَانِيَةِ The Zabaniyah are the angels. سَنَدْعُ الزَّبَانِيَةِ Who will call ours too? And we'll see who is going to win. كَلَّا لَا تُطَعْهُ And Allah says to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, You know what? Don't listen to him. He's gone. كَلَّا لَا تُطَعْهُ Don't listen, don't obey him. Don't even pay attention to him. I mean, don't even give him any weight. Huh? Second look, third look, just ignore him. I mean, here you are in, in, uh, in a big society and you want the, 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 the leadership, the elites to, 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 to pay attention to you. And then you know that they are really liars. You know that they are really deceivers. You know they are tyrants. You know, this message does not influence them in a bit because they are not listening. You know, at the end of the day you say, you know what, don't listen to them. Don't obey them. You know what does don't obey them mean? In today's terminology, what they call this? They call it civil obedience. You know what civil obedience means? Civil obedience means it is a revolution. You are really bringing down the whole structure of a society. If you can, if you can propagate this idea, don't obey the elite. Disobey. Disobey the king. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, disobey the king. The Sahaba disobey. And then every time you come across the people and the people believe in your message, they have to follow the same. Don't obey, disobey. What's going to happen to the society? What's going to happen to the government? It will fail. It will fail. This issue of revolution or the issue of restructuring, restructuring the society or bringing down a government without firing a single bullet, it was incarved in the heart of the message of Islam right from the very first surah. Sometimes the people, they come and tell you, well, this message of Islam it's the message of peace, the message of uh, humbleness. It has nothing to do with politics. Political issues are really, that's not Islam. There is no political struggle in Islam. What is this then? What does this say? Don't obey the leader. Kalla says, no, don't obey. Disobey. Here in this country, sometimes when uh, they talk about some of the uh, groups like the Mormons or uh, 
some other Christian groups, they promote disobedience, civil disobedience, only for taxes. And only taxes, it's because it's money. It's not really because of moralities. These are not ethics or morality, it's money issue. You find that the only, the only thing that they call for disobedience is taxes. They don't pay taxes. That's not the issue. Here Allah is in general. says, لا تطعه. Don't obey him. Disobey him, period. In anything. That any order that comes from Abu Jahl or his elite, any instruction, any regulation, any law, any type of uh, establishment that comes out of him and his elite, simply disobey that. Disobey that, that means bring it down. Disobey means bring down. And that's what today the people have failed to see in the Muslim world. How can you bring down governments like Hafiz al-Assad, like Saddam, like Hussein, like Abdullah, like uh, Qaddafi, like Mubarak? How can you bring this down? And we are saying we are not going to fight. We will not shoot a single bullet. Promote civil obedience. Don't obey. Don't obey the laws. Let him, let him govern his own self. He's an idiot. Let him run his own life. Let him run his own life into a miserable one. Let him have the law and obey it himself and his family and whoever. Huh? Yeah. Exactly. And this here issue, all I am calling, all I am saying is whatever Allah has told Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, disobey this owner. Disobey anyone who does not want to see Islam implemented. Disobey the one who implements wrong constitution. Disobey the one who is not putting Islam in practice. Disobey the one who is calling for the abrogation of Islam from life. Disobey them. It's rule. It's Islam. If you don't do that, you are really... <laughs> Allah is not asking you to pray or fast here. This, the first surah, there is no fasting, there is no hajj, there is no prayer, there is nothing. Still, nothing, absolutely. The only thing is Allah is my Rabb, and you are not my Rabb. I don't even have laws yet. Muhammad did not have laws about zina yet. Did not have laws about riba. Did not have laws about anything. Nothing. He had nothing. This is the first surah, nothing. This is still new. Allah is only telling him one thing. Allah is your Rabb. Read in the name of your Rabb. Your Rabb is the one who created. This man, he denied this fact. He does not recognize Allah as his Rabb. And he does not want you to call for this Rabb. So disobey him. Break your ties with him. And follow on. Is all the Muslims who believe in this have to follow suit. No, don't obey him. What's good? Kneel down to Allah Azza wa Jal, and come closer to Allah. Very simple. That's all I want you to do. I'm not asking you to, to work for me, to feed me. After all, this is Allah who is talking, who is he's the, he's the real sufficient one. All I want you to do, kneel down to Allah Azza wa Jal. Make sujood to Allah. Sujood means complete submission. Because when you, when you put your head down on the ground, it's complete submission. Nothing more to it. Whether you say something or you don't say that's irrelevant. What's relevant? Complete submission. I am willing to put my head down. Allah created me with my head up. He says, I want you to put your head down. I will. Complete submission.
That's absolute worship to Allah Azza wa Jal. Which means complete submission to Allah Azza wa Jal means complete rejection of everything but Allah. Complete rejection. You can't have partial. You can't be making sujood down, your head down, and up at the same time. You can't have it halfway. So you're like this. That's my sujood. Down to Allah Azza wa and here to this, to the west, the east, people can do that. It's good. Put your head down all the way. That's it. One way. Your one way. And then everything else besides Allah Azza wa Absolute rejection. Absolute rejection. There is no if and buts. There is no what if. No what about when he wants to. There is a price. Yes, there is a price for that. Allah يَسْمَعُ وَيَرَى Allah is seeing, Allah is watching. أَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يَرَى Don't you know that Allah watches and sees? He knows. He knows. He wants you to have complete rejection. He knows what's going to happen. You think that this man is Taghi? Allah is saying he's Taghi. He knows. And he, he's telling us why even. Not only he says, yeah, 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 I know he's Taghi. He says, he's Taghi. And he is Taghi because he has the illusion that he is self-sufficient. In reality, he is not. I am giving back him. I am giving him back. He's telling me. So, so what, argument do, what argument do I have then? Nothing. Now, what we really want from the people, if the people really just think about this Quran and listen, read, ponder about it, think about it, See what's really going in these ayats. It does not take genius to realize that what the people are doing is far, far away from Islam. It doesn't take genius. It doesn't really take mufassir, big tafsir. I don't rely very much, even when I bring this book. I don't even need to read what the tafsir has said. That's not a big issue. Some people sometimes say, oh, this needs alim, this needs scholar, this needs, oh, in order to understand that. No, 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 it's very clear, very simple. These issues are really simple. Once you bring philosophy in them, you try to, to manipulate the world, then you get lost. It's very simple, very easy. And yes, exactly. Yeah, you need the commitments and you stick to it and you will see it. I don't think there is anything really mysterious about that. Sometimes the people, they come and tell us or tell the people, you know, just read the Quran, don't even think about it. Once you start thinking, that means you are doing your own tafsir. And if you are doing tafsir, you are really doing haram because the tafsir only Allah knows it and some scholars. And you are non-scholar, so you just read and close your eyes until somebody comes and teaches you and lets you know about it. This is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. What does it take to understand when Allah says uh, about Abu Jahl? Don't listen to him. Just disobey him. لا تطعه in very blunt لا means don't تطع obey don't obey don't obey اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق
خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم كلا إن الإنسان ليطغى أو رآه استغنى إن إلى ربك الرجعى أرأيت الذي ينهى عبدا إذا صلى أرأيت إن كان على الهدى أو أمر بالتقوى أرأيت إن كذب وتولى ألم يعلم بأن الله يرى كلا لئن لم ينتهي لنسفعا بالناصية ناصية كاذبة خاطئة فليدع ناديه سندع الزبانية كلا لا تطعه واسجد واقتنب Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and seerah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.